Okay, we're going to get jumped in here, so I'm going to get you to get back to your seats. Uh, lots of great commotion, and I want to welcome everybody who is online as well. Welcome to Colwood Church today. It's great to have you here, and it's great to see everybody here as well. Turn to your neighbor and say you're the most beautiful person I've ever seen all day. Go ahead, let them know. It's good. Let them feel good. Let them feel good. Well, my name is, uh, my name is Sean. I'm, I'm one of the pastors here on this team, and I'm, I'm just stoked that you would take some time to be with us on Sunday. It's going to be a great day for you, and, uh, and we're excited that God is doing some things already, and so we're going we're gonna to jump in now. I'm going to tell you a little bit about me growing up in church. We would go to this thing called Sunday school. Did anybody ever go to Sunday school before? Uh, Sunday school was a fantastic opportunity where these teachers would take, you know, good stories out of the Bible. They would kind of communicate them to you in such a way, and it was fascinating to actually see. But the, the unique thing about these teachers that I grew up with is they had, an, they had this piece of technology that was state-of-the-art. This piece of technology really helped bring forward the story as to what would happen. And, and this technology they used was this thing called flannel graph. Have you heard of this before? Flannel graph was fantastic back in the day. And, you know, like I was thinking about this, like we, everything seems to be coming back into play. And so, like, who here would think that it would be great to start teaching Sunday school or church again with flannel graph? Any fans here uh, of doing flannel graph? Well, your wish is my command. Let's do it. We're about to jump into a brand new series called Storytime, and I thought I would bring out some nostalgia for all of us. So let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. This is it. This is the beauty of what it all was. It's all good. This is perfect. This is the flannel graph board. Everybody, ooh and ah at the same time. Ooh and ah. <laughs> Welcome to story time. The... <laughs> the, the story, we've been, we've been kind of walking through this character whose na name is Daniel, and Daniel has some fantastic Sunday school stories that I cut my teeth on. And, and the thing that I loved about Daniel and his stories was it taught me a whole lot. And so today, we're going to lift one of the stories out of Daniel, and it was the story about this king who had this crazy dream. But you want to know one thing about when my teachers would teach me and they would then begin to place the story on this flannel board, I always wanted to talk to the characters that were on the board. I always wanted to have them talk back to me. I wanted to say, what was it truly like? And, and I would do all that. Like for today's story, I would actually love to talk to King Nebuchadnezzar. Like King Nebuchadnezzar, why? Like what about that dream? What did you eat before you went to sleep that night to have that dream? Or King Neb, how do you sleep? Like, what's your posture? I wish I could talk to King Nebuchadnezzar. Not going to lie. Um, like, so, hello. Sean? Hello? Uh, hey, I Who? heard, like, you wanted to talk to me. This is, like, King Nebuchadnezzar. You can call me Neb for short, though. S s sorry, did, did, I, did I just hear you right? This is King Nebuchadnezzar? Uh, yeah, this is King Nebuchadnezzar here, ready to uh, make uh, your wish my command. Hey, hey, King Neb, no, no offense, I, I used to be a teenager a long time ago, and you kind of sound like a really discouraged teenager. Uh, uh, is that true? A uh, little known fact, uh, part of the Babylonian Empire was actually California. 
Surf's up, dude. Okay, uh, okay, King, King Nab, if, if I'm going to talk to you, then let's get you onto the board. Uh, King Nab, uh, here, what did you eat before, um, din- or before you slept that night? Like, what was going on? Yeah, so I had like a pretty gnarly batch of some fish tacos, and uh, they went down great, uh, but they were surfing some kind of web in my tum-tum that was uh, not a great thing for me. Really? You sound like an interesting character. Um, okay, so King Neb, uh, I'm curious, how, how, do you, um, how do you like to sleep at night? What, what's your go-to? Oh, yeah, like so I went to my chiropractor, and uh, they recommended I sleep on my side, uh, and with just my arm out at like a quick 90 degree angle. Helps with my posture and whatnot. Okay, I, 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 you're an interesting dude. <laughs> That's all I got to say about you. Okay, so King Deb, you, you go to bed that night and, and you have this dream. Um, so could you kind of just tell us a little bit about that dream? Like this dream is actually really important to what we're going to talk about today with these good looking people out here. Uh, so Talk to me. Uh, tell me no, a little like bit about the dream. No, like for sure. Uh, do you mind if I call you like S-Dog? Is that all good? I, I love that. S-Dog it is. Let's go. All right. Listen here, S-Dog. So I had this dream and I was like mad shook. Like it really, really got to me. Mad, mad shook? Yeah. Like okay, I was okay. really, you know, I woke up, I was in a bad spot. You know what I mean? And uh, I had this crazy dream and I was like, hey, like if you could bring all my wise men here. Uh, and, and my fortune tellers and dream bros, like my crew, if you could bring them in, that'd be like super helpful. And so I had this crazy dream and it was pretty, pretty nuts. And so I said to the dudes, I was like, yo, normally I, I tell you my dream and I ask you to interpret it, but this time, listen here guys, like I need you to tell me what the dream is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can, can you maybe tell us what the dream was? was kind of like oh then? no doubt s dog for sure uh so i, I dreamt of this statue right and like it's crazy it had like a gold head on it then like super ripped so i was like is it a statue of me i didn't know but i was like <laughs> i looked really good and then there was like some silver and bronze and then the legs were kind of made of like this i think it was like iron or something it's crazy and then the feet were like clay Okay. Yeah, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> okay, but the, uh, so the part of the story, though, King Neb, is that you, you didn't tell anybody the dream. So you brought your guys to them, and, and you basically said to them, you tell me the dream? Is yeah, that no, for sure, S-Dog. I was, you know, pretty sick of my crew. Like, some of the boys were getting a little bit, you know, kind of crazy and, like, just trying to milk me for lots of money and stuff and i had enough of them so i was like listen this time around you gotta tell me the dream and here's the crazy thing yeah i was just right rattled by the dream and i said to him like if you don't tell me what the dream is you guys are goners like you're done okay true story like if if they could not tell the king the dream he was going to kill them all so Obviously, um, our main character, Daniel, catches news of it because Arioch, who's the commander of the guard, decides to come to Daniel, and he tells him what's going on. So Daniel really quickly then goes and he talks to his uh, fellas, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in their Babylonian names. And it shows us that here, 
Daniel makes a choice. The choice is, is that instead of panicking, because they were about to be executed as well, that they would pray. So Daniel and his boys begin to pray. Because these guys aren't kneeling, we're just going to let them go prostrate before the Lord, okay? So they pray. And through the night, it, it so happens that God kind of reveals what's going on. And so the next day, we finally get to hear Daniel and what he sounds like. Aren't you really excited for what this is going to be? Uh, so, King Nab, I'm going to bring you back in. Daniel is now standing in front of you. Um, talk to me. Okay, for sure. So I was like, Daniel, can you tell me? And he says like, well, King you know, Nab, let King me Nab, go pray King, on King it. Nab, hold, hold on one second. Because there's a unique detail here. Can you, like... You look different here than over here. Can, can you, what's going on? Seriously. No, for sure, S-Dog. You know, Daniel had been praying for so long that his beard actually like grew out. It wow. was crazy. And then I was like, yo, I kind of want a clean shave in Dan to reveal the dream. So I said to him like, hey, just freshen up a little bit, bud, and then you can come tell me the dream, okay? I'm glad you clarified that. I was wondering. But you, you grow a mad beard, so props to you. All right. Okay, so Daniel is now in front of you. Uh, what, what does he say? Uh, Daniel was kind of uh, pretty excited to have the opportunity to talk to King Nebuchadnezzar. And uh, I said to King Neb, uh, I can't interpret your dream, but there is a God in heaven who can reveal mysteries. Wow. And he's shown me what to tell you. And, and so I told the king, listen, you saw a huge and powerful statue of a man. He was shining brightly like the sun. And the head was made out of gold. And the body was made out of silver. And his chest and arms and were all silver. And the belly and the thighs were brass. And then the legs, they were iron, actually. Yeah, they were, in fact, iron. And uh, the feet were clay. Okay, but what, what, do, they, what do they mean? Like... Okay, so what, what are you teaching us here? That's like totally what I was wondering as well, Thanks. myself. Okay, and so I said to Daniel, like, what does all that even mean? Right. And, uh, and so I told the king, uh, the, there's a rock that actually came hurtling at the statue and it crushed it. And the feet of iron and clay were crushed to small pieces. And then the whole statue collapsed into a heap. And it was... And I, and, I, and I said to the, the king, you know, he got pretty upset about this when I was talking to him. And I understood. I was like, well, that's a pretty crazy thing to have happen in a dream. I get it. I totally get it. And, and so Nebuchadnezzar, just in a moment, was just like, that's it. That's exactly what I saw. What does it even mean? And so I said to the king, the God in heaven wants you to know what is going to happen on earth. And so I told Neb, you are the head of gold, and there's no other king as powerful as you. Okay. And the king was really excited to hear that. You know, he, he said, that's great news. Tell me more. And I had to keep going, which I was a little bit nervous about. But I said, God wants you to know that your kingdom will not last forever. Ouch. There will be another kingdom, not as great, and another, and another, and another. And finally, the God of heaven will establish a kingdom that will break all the others into pieces. And this kingdom of God will stand forever. And when King Neb heard this, he actually like bowed down. And he said, 
truly your God is the God of gods, the ruler of kings, the revealer of mysteries, because he has told you this secret. And everyone in the kingdom needs to know this secret. Are you done? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, it's a pretty crazy situation happening there. And I just got to give props to God for the whole thing. Like, it wasn't by my strength or by my might. God just revealed the dream to me, and a whole kingdom of Babylon completely was changed and transformed because of God revealing this dream to me. King Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel. We're going to clap and applause for your appearance today. Thank you for being here. No, like for sure. And now everyone, can you please make sure that you pay like wicked close attention to Pastor Sean for the rest of the message, okay? Thank, thanks for the help. <laughs> I appreciate that. Who's excited Flannel Graph came back to church? <laughs> the scene that we have just gone through here today is Daniel chapter 2. And because we kind of enacted this out and we had a little bit more um, fun with maybe the actual words that you'll read, the story is true. But this is the word of the Lord through picture. And so let's pray as we've read the word of the Lord today. Father, thank you. And now teach us the truth that you need us to see here today. Help us to understand what you are saying and what you're doing. We'll give you thanks for that. I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. So this morning, because of what we saw here, I want to speak to us from the subject of dreams. Has anybody ever had a dream before? <laughs> did, you, did anybody have a dream that was confusing to you before? And you wondered, what kind of pizza did I eat before I went to bed too? And could this really be perhaps God communicating and saying something to me? And I think that many of us in the world today, we've had these dreams that we think actually are a little bit supernatural, and it begs the question for all of us, like, could this really be from God? Could God really use the dream uh, to actually communicate to us today? And that's what we kind of want to explore together, because I think people around our world as, as well will, will always ask, like, is there really such a thing as revelation? like an apocalypse. Can God truly reveal something like that? And I want to say emphatically today that I do believe that God will use your dreams to speak something to you. I do believe that. The reason I say that is because in the Bible, God uses dreams everywhere. In fact, it will show us that this important fact about your dreaming is you got to be asleep for it. That, that's good news. But there's this other thing called a waking dream that we know in life as well. And that is more referred to as a vision. And so what God will use are these things called dreams and visions, and he has the opportunity to communicate to you and I in different ways. In fact, in the Bible, there are 21 dreams that are recorded for us to see. Great dreams from Genesis and Judges, 1 Kings, in our book, Daniel, that we're in, and, and Matthew. There are a ton of visions that happen in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. When it comes to dreams, there are some real key ones that people have landed on um, over the years and centuries. There is Jacob's ladder. We're in Genesis. Uh, Jacob has this dream, asleep one night, and he sees this ladder ascending and descending into heaven, or angels 
Like, what's that all about? God also shows up to this pretty nasty king called Pharaoh in Egypt, and he actually gives him two dreams. We see that God shows up to another king whose name is Abimelech, and he shows up to Abimelech one night. He's like, do not sleep with that woman or I'll kill you. That's a good dream, God. The reason was because, you know, good old father Abraham, he lied to this king, and he actually said that his wife was his sister so that he also wouldn't be killed. So this king was just about to commit adultery, and God showed up in a dream and said, Hold, hold, hold horses. Unbelievable. Some of the stories that we get to see from the dreams that are everywhere. In fact, in the Bible, we see that six of the dreamers, they are kings. One of the individuals is a woman. She just happened to be Pilate's wife. You know the Pilate guy that we just talked about in the communion table, the one who sent Jesus to his execution? Yeah, his wife showed up one night and said, do not touch that man because there's a lot of trouble going to become. She knew exactly what was going on and God used the woman again to help a man. Hallelujah. Right? Like it's that important piece that you see. We have two Josephs in the Bible that have dreams. The one from Genesis and that Pharaoh. Then the other one is Mary's husband, the, the earthly father of Jesus. Uh, we see all everywhere, and then we finally land on good old King Neb, who actually has two dreams. Today we're going to talk about one of them. There's another one to come. But this is what I know about dreams in the Bible. Dreams can warn you. They can convey your future. There are spiritual truths to them. It can confirm a promise to you. It could inform you. And it could take someone who is walking one way and in evil ways and can transform you to the things that God wants for you. Now, in King Nebuchadnezzar's story, these dudes right here, these guys were the money makers of the day. King Neb paid these guys a lot of money. They were the astrologers, the enchanters. They looked at the stars in the sky and they would tell the signs of the time. Like King Nebuchadnezzar takes these guys from the Imperial Institute of Futurology. He always wanted to know. It gave him an extra step on the other kingdoms of the world. He was the most dominant leader because these guys told him stuff. And yet, in this particular moment, his boys paid as much money as they could. They could not interpret the dream that King Nebuchadnezzar had. And here's why. Because these guys right here did not believe in Revelation. They did not believe that in their Babylonian gods, that their Babylonian gods would take a look at us pitiful human beings and want to communicate to them. And so they fully believed that there was no such thing as a Revelation. But what begins to take place and what we begin to see in them is that they still looked at dreams as messages. So they still looked at it, but the caveat was is that they would go to King Nebuchadnezzar and they would say, King, tell me the dream. Except this time King Nebuchadnezzar is like, I know your tricks and I know your games and I'm tired of paying you all my money. You tell me what the dream is. Can you imagine that for a second? Someone comes up to you, what was my dream last night? And you can't tell them, so they'll kill you for it. It's in the Bible. Like, how cool is flannel graph again? Like, but this is what happens, right? These guys can't do it. With all of their occultic arts, these guys still cannot interpret the dream that King Nebuchadnezzar is asking them for. And we know this about King Neb. He wants to know. He needs to know. It was mission critical that they told him or else their lives were done. So Daniel and his friends decided to change the narrative. Now, the interesting part about chapter two of Daniel, it really has two key stories to it. And so for the sake of our conversation today, we're gonna look at this right here. We're gonna look at the dream. 
And over here is a whole other story about politics and government and everybody's favorite topics to jump into. And so, you know, you're thinking, Sean, why are you glossing over that? I really would like a good political talk in church. Well, so would I. And so if you come back in one month, we're going to actually spend one month together on this new series called Church and State, where we're going to have an honest look at politics, government, and the church and our responsibility in it. So we're coming back, and I'm here, I'm here to tell you, come prepared, because I'm going to say some things. And and uh, same with other people, and it's going to challenge us. But for the sake of this, we're going to talk about the ultimate dream weaver today. His name is God. But Daniel and his friends give us some beautiful insight on what do I do with dreams that happen to me? What happens when I perhaps have that dream that God wants to communicate to me? So let's take a look at what happens. Number one, if you have one of these dreams, I want you to stop. I want you to pray. And I want you to seek clarity. Why? Because good old Daniel and his prostrate team, they decided to stop when the edict was given, and they decided that they would pray. I believe this. I believe that God wants to use dreams to communicate to us today. I believe that because I've walked through it myself. I've also, when I look at this world, I see where dreams are communicating to certain people, especially in the Muslim world these days. It is un, in unprecedented ways, there are reports coming from these different types of countries with Muslim people where they will meet Jesus in their dreams. It's fascinating. In fact, I even have a friend who met Jesus through that dream. Was a, it was in the Muslim faith, was going a certain way, and then one night when she fell asleep, Jesus showed up in her dream and it startled her. She didn't know who he was because she had no clue because she was walking this way. Jesus reveals himself to her and he takes her on a trajectory of trying to find out the clarity. And I got to tell you, her story is powerful and incredible, a lot like good old Daniel and the boys. They had a dream that they had to work with where God was trying to say something to them. And I got to say that today, both my friend who met Jesus in her dream to Daniel and his friends, what they needed together was this thing called discernment. So I want to give you some encouragement that when and maybe if you have a dream that's from God, I am asking you to be a discerning people because I want you to see that not all of your dreams are actually from God. <laughs> this is important. And I use this illustration in the first one. Just because you have a dream of talking carrots does not necessarily mean that God wants you to become a veg or a vegetarian or that an army of carrots is going to, you know, rise up in this world and take us over. <laughs> Go carrots, right? But not all of our dreams are actually from God, but some are. And what you need at that moment is discernment. You need to know what to do with this dream. And so that's where the council of friends comes into play. But notice that before the council of friends even comes into play, what does Daniel do with his friends? They turn to God. Because God is the ultimate dream weaver. Sing your song. Go ahead. He's the ultimate dream weaver. He's the one that could actually download some data this way to say something to you and I today. And in that, he will use some good people. So who are they in you? I love this about Daniel. Daniel did not look 
for the answers. He did not look up the answers in a dream owner's manual uh, anywhere. He did not look up to the stars in the sky. He did not go to a psychoanalyst to try to figure out the dream. What did he do? He went to his knees to talk to God. And so if they happen, stop, pray, seek clarity. Do that with trusted friends. Get the discernment you need. I got to tell you about me. See, I have had some of these dreams that, um, where God has communicated to me. And it's interesting because I'm one of those guys that when I wake up the next day, I know I've dreamt through the night, but I totally forget the next day. Does anybody else have that problem? I really don't remember my dreams that well. That's just who I am. Lisa will wake up and she'll tell me her dreams all the time and they're crazy. Uh, but like it's, she can remember, I cannot but there are some of those dreams that stick with me for a really long time. And that's where I start to bring in my praying, my discerning together. But you want to know one of the things that my dreams have taught me to do when I can remember them is I try to remember the people in the dream so that the next day when I'm awake, I'm praying for the people that were in my dream because it's so random for me. And then I reach out to those people. I've been thinking about you. I prayed for you. Just want you to know that you're seen today. And guess what happens just about every time? Wow, thank you for thinking of me. It was my dreams, but I didn't tell him that because I believe that that's one of the tools that God uses with me. The next time you dream and you have some random people show up in it, wake up and pray for them and reach out to them and say, I'm thinking about you today. The second thing that I want us to look at is I want you to submit the fear of the unknown because some of us, when it comes to these dreams, Let's be honest here today. They're in, an unreal, uh, uh, or in, kinda, they're in a realm that we are unaware of. I mean, we love our conscious play, but in our subconscious play, we don't really have a lot of stuff necessarily to work with. Like, what do we do? How can we do it? What happens? But we have a fear that wraps itself around these next steps. And this is why I know that from this story, because King Nebuchadnezzar was troubled. to Like, it sh like we have to understand, it shook him to death. He, he did not know what this meant for his life. And it was there where we suddenly are introduced to King Nebuchadnezzar's fear of something he can't own or something he can't do. The reality was this was the most powerful man in the world at that time. And he couldn't control a single little dream that was happening in his head. And it's funny to me that his fear basically also shows us this other element of his life. And it's one called pride. He was in charge all the time. And guess what happened now? He was out of control. He did not have what he had always had. And it was there where we are introduced to a pride that happens in this king's life. Now, for the sake of our conversation today, we're going to explore everybody's favorite topic of pride over the next few lessons of story time. And we're going to talk about your pride and my pride and how we have to put that down if we want to let God do something. He was scared, and it revealed today. And I have to tell you that I love how God got this pagan king's attention through a dream. I think it's beautiful. You think you're all that in a bag of chips, King Nebuchadnezzar? I'm going to bring you to your knees, and I'm going to show you something about who I am. And when it comes to these dreams that you may have and this idea of submitting your fear of the unknown, uh, James chapter 1, verse 5 gives us some beautiful wisdom. And it's this, if you need wisdom, ask. Has anybody ever needed wisdom before? I need it every day. And we have an instruction 
even in the fear, even in the unknown, even in our pride moments, ask God for wisdom and guess what? He'll give it to you. That's good news for us today. The third thing that I want you to do is your dreams, they have to be aligned to this book right here. You have to align your dreams to the word of God. Here's why. is because when God gives you dreams or visions, they will not contradict God's voice. They will not. And so he'll ask you to do some things. This is what my friend, who living in a Muslim faith and in a foreign country, when she met Jesus, she had no idea about the Bible. And guess what good old Jesus said in her dream that night? I want you to open this thing called the Bible. And I want you to go on an exploration journey of who I am. She opened up the Bible. And I want you to hear this. She opened up the Bible at the expense of all of her relationships in her life because her family did not approve of what she was doing. They served this God. Do not talk to me about this Jesus. And she laid it all down, actually, and was kind of disconnected from her family because of a dream, because Jesus wanted more from her life. And she aligned her life now to the word of God, and it set her on a path that was beautiful. And the thing about these dreams, too, when you have them, is that you're going to have people who get this thing called interpretation sometimes. Maybe you don't get it, but our story shows us that Daniel and his boys were the interpreters. And this is what I want to say to all you interpreters in the room here today, because some of you are in here. I just want you to be careful. You have to be careful when you are dealing with supernatural and things out of our conscious realm, and you have to be careful. And here's why, because there are some verses right there that will say this that God offers stern warnings against those for interpretations that break his law and cause people to walk the other way from him. So interpreters, be super careful with what you're dealing with. And the last thing that I want to share with us today is, is that your dreams are part of an ongoing conversation. Did you know this, that this is just one way in which God can communicate with you and I? What happens when those dreams happen is that you have to take some time to listen, to seek the clarity, to find discernment, but recognize this is a way that God will speak to you and I today. Some of you dream a lot, and the Bible does give some instruction for us even in this, whether it, are, it is dreams that are spiritual and have a point, or the fact that we just dream a lot. And this is what it says in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 5, and let's throw this up there. But it says, too much activity gives you restless dreams. Too many words make you a fool. So Ecclesiastes 5.3 carries on in Ecclesiastes 5.7 where it also says that our dreams can arise out of our own vanity. <laughs> Go figure. You think that's exactly what good old King Neb was walking through, his pride, right? His vanity stood in the way and God's like, I gotta have a word with you, dude. So he speaks to him through a dream. One of my favorite verses in the entire Bible is an encouragement for you dreamers in the room, you people who have visions, you people who like this thing called prophecy. It's as if God knew full well what he was doing when he said through the Apostle Peter in Acts chapter 2, which was from Joel and the beautiful story of prophecy. Look at what it says. It says, in the last days. How many of you think that we're in the last days? I think we are. In the last days, God says, watch this, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Somebody say all. Listen to me. Not one of you is discluded from this 
verse right now, says that in the last days, God is going to pour his spirit out on all people. That's you. And I like this. It says now your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Oh, this, this is a good one. Now prophecy, as we are told in our story today, was a future forecast. So there is one version of prophecy in future. Some of your dreams are going to talk about your future. So pay attention, discern, get good friends around you. Another aspect of prophecy, though, as Pastor Tyson shared with us a number of weeks ago, is the prophecy of edification. That you have an opportunity also to step into the dreams and the visions with people when the Spirit of God is moving, and you could bring an edifying word to somebody else in your life. And this beautiful picture of prophecy is for all people. Who's the son in the room today? And not because of your earthly father. It's irrelevant. What I'm asking you is if you are a male today in this room, you're a son of God. Who's a daughter? <laughs> you're getting what I'm, what I'm throwing down here now. You're a daughter of God, which means this. Sons and daughters, prophesy. This is something important for us as followers of Jesus Christ. Prophesy. Your young men, your young women, they're going to see visions. Hey, young people, start vision. I see a lot of you up there right now. Get your vision on because God, no calling, not you, the ones behind you. I know, I see you. Uh, get your vision on. Why? Because God wants to put visions into your heart. Some of us older people right here, it says that you will dream dreams. Well, I'm good at that because I love my sleep. <laughs> you know, the, here's the idea. God is saying, I'm going to pour out my spirit. In the last days, I am going to allow these things to happen. And I'm going to communicate with you. And I'm going to show you something about who I am. And the ultimate thing about our dreams and our visions and our prophecy is the one point of Daniel. And we see King Nebuchadnezzar come back to Daniel. Remember, this king had thousands of his own Babylonian gods. And in this dream, he communicates these words. The king said to Daniel, truly, Daniel, your God is the greatest of all gods. He's the Lord over kings, including me. He's a revealer of mysteries. For you have been able to reveal this secret. You know what all people full of the Spirit of God will do in their prophecy, in their dreams, and in their visions? It will bring other people to Jesus Christ. And we have to step into this spiritual platform today of knowing that God wants to use you and I in this story. That's exciting that the most ruthless king of the entire world at that time said to Daniel, you're Yahweh, he's the way, and we're going to follow him too. He changed a nation, Daniel and his friends, because they chose to stop, to seek clarity, and to pray to the God who was able to do it. So does God give dreams to people to allow them to see certain things? The answer is yes. And here's the other trick question. And who can interpret them? To which Daniel shows us. There are no wise men. There are none of this posse right here, fortune tellers who could reveal the king's secret. Say it with me. But there is a God in heaven. And his name is Jesus. You know what Jesus is doing these days? He's walking to people and he's showing up in their dreams. And he is saying that he has a plan and he wants to use you and I. So dreamers, be aware. Be aware that he wants to communicate this way to you. Because what seems to be impossible, 
all things are possible with God because he is the one who is able. Amen? Will you stand with me today? We're going to sing a song together. In fact, every week through story time, we're going to come back to a spot of you being able to respond for a moment where you get to process, what does this king say and require of me today? And so I'm going to have you come and join us in singing. These, this team is going to lead us, and I'm going to come back and give us some more instruction. But we're going to sing this song, and it's called, How Great Is Our God? If you know it, sing it and allow him to speak to you about the dreams and visions that may be in your life. Let's sing together today.
told us, and take a look at this, that this represented King Nebuchadnezzar right here. And then every empire and kingdom after him until a stone comes and crushes these feet. That stone, you may know him as the name Jesus. He is the one that comes into the politic, the government, the kingdom. Jesus is his name, and there is no one like him. He is the great God that we have just sung about again, and he stands alone. Nobody compares to him. And as you have heard the journey this morning from start to finish, Jesus loves you. He came a really long way to make this known to you today, that you matter and that he loves you. And he is the one stone that obliterates it all. And you could allow your life to be secure on that foundation, the one that will reign forever and ever and ever. His name is Jesus. Now, with all eyes closed in this place, let me ask you, is Jesus your foundation? Is he the stone on which you stand on? If not, this is a beautiful moment for you today to say, I want him to be my king. I want him to be my Lord. And all you have to do is say, Sean, I want that Jesus to be a part of my story. And if you're in this room today or you're online, I'm asking you the question. If you've never had Jesus to be your king and you would like to make that decision today, I'm gonna look in this room and if that's you, will you raise your hand at this time? If you wanna make him the foundation of your life, I'm scanning the room, so I hope I don't miss anybody. Want to make sure, thank you, I see your hand there. Is there anyone else? And if you're online today, you click that link or you follow along with this prayer as well today. And we say this, Jesus, I need you. I need you to be that stone. I set my life on you today. I thank you that you are the God of impossibility. I thank you that you died on a cross for me. But you're not dead, you're alive. And you are the greatest king that this world will ever know and see. And soon you're going to come back for me. So today I submit my life to you. I ask you to take control. Come into my heart and into my life. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. And for the rest of us, Father, as we walk into this week, help us to be aware that you may use this mechanism of dream and vision to speak to us. So help us to be aware. Help us to know that the dream weaver is at work in me. And help us to know that you are with us. I give you thanks for this. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And for everybody who said yes to Jesus today, will you welcome them to the kingdom of God with me today? What a decision. What a decision. Listen, if you're brand new here today for the very first time, again, welcome to Colwood Church. We're not always as crazy as this, but this month we are. And we're excited that you were here with us. We're asking if you're new here today, please go back and visit Pastor James or Pastor Tyson. Uh, say hello to them. And I hope that you will walk into this week and you'll eat great food that gives you interesting dreams and then you'll play it all out that way. So church, we love you. We'll see you next week for Storytime Part 2. Have a great week.